This show is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky things that are best enjoyed after you see the movie. So any movie we talk about, we recommend you go see. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror, a podcast where we talk about classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And I'm the newcomer Steve Allman. And today we are talking about the James Gunn produced Brightburn, directed by David Yarvesky. Uh, we actually were talking about The Hive last week. This is his follow-up to that. Yes, and boy, do when the when the guns jump on your movie, boy, does that make a big improvement. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, yeah, yeah, I would, was, uh, I would this, definitely say so. Yeah, this is all right. <laughs> this is a this is a pretty uh, this is a pretty fun little outing, I'd say. Um, it's a uh, it's it's a horror twist on the more or less Superman origin story, but if what if he was evil type of persuasion, yeah. Uh, which honestly has as a comic book fan, I already know like without having known that many Superman stories, that's been done yeah. before. Uh, but this has a bit more, a far more darker and more visceral twist, uh, a la the the Gun Brothers that will uh, that will be a bit. Yeah, more I mean it's. It's interesting because it kind of reminds me of Injustice, but okay. if like it were you know twelve year old uh, Clark Kent essentially, yeah. Damian Omen like, type of kid kind of a but, thing. But then when you realize how dark that is, because some of the stuff that happens with Injustice, um, like the Shazam thing, which they 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 do in this, oh they they do that fully. Um, and it's insane. Like some of the some of the violence in this movie is just they they go there all the way. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, which and, I kind of like because this is very much like yeah. I, there are some shots that are more or less like you could almost say either homaging or parroting some things from classic uh, superhero films that I've recognized. Oh, exactly. It, and, hundred, yeah, hundred percent. But still being Absolutely. sort of being sort of like brand distinct slash adjacent to it, so it's, so as to not be like. We are not copywriting infringing on any of these properties, but we are clearly <laughs> riffing on these yeah. properties, uh, which I, I kind of like. Like, it's not too as on the nose as I put it, but you can very much tell where the influences are worn, and they're definitely on the sleeve here. Uh, and yeah. I, think it's to, I think it's for the better of the movie, because uh, this is very much a sort of, like, surrealist take on these types of films. And, uh, you know, it's it, I think it... Uh, is uh it transcends the just sort of like edge lordy type of you know gritty remake or homage to these things that uh, yeah. this this well, could have easily gone down it, it could have gone the chronicle route which is angsty teen who you know just it Chronicle is one of those movies I saw once, but I never want to watch again because I found Dane DeHaan be the most annoying protagonist ever. Which is incredible you know, because he's an antagonist, also... but yeah. he's absolutely terrible. Um, but I like the concept, you know, because it was it, that harkened on very on notes of Akira with yes. some of the stuff that was going on with that. Um, 
And it almost seemed like it was a take on that. I I think to a point it was successful because it put Michael B. Jordan out there further. Oh yes, which and is we great. always need Michael B. Jordan to be put out more because he's right. awesome. And but the and but the problem with that is that his his role wasn't as large as it should have been in Chronicle. He should have been very like true. through that whole film. Uh, anyway, when we hit something like Brightburn, I really really liked that they took the chance by making this kid a kid. Like not saying he's a teenager going through the angst stuff but it's like hey you've just hit puberty this thing is now going to activate you know it's like it's like that beacon kicked in right and change you into what you're really supposed to be right um it's uh and that's like it's good because they don't hammer it it's not something that they hit you over the head with over and over and over and over and over like a lot of these films would try yeah, and I, I, I'm very much of the uh, persuasion that, you know, if you can still tell a decent and cool, like, this still feels like a supervillain origin in a good way. Like, we're seeing this sort mm-hmm. of, like, twisted sort of superhero tale that even if, like, if you just slap a DC logo on this or if you slap a, I don't know, maybe, maybe not Marvel because that's a bit more lighthearted, but if you were to slap one of our, one of the, you know, brand name superhero names on this like i'd buy it like it it can stand like the test of those stories for sure yeah Uh, i would have to say if this were if this were on like dc universe their online like streaming network oh fits right in i mean dude some of the stuff that they do on that that channel makes some of the gore we saw in brightburn seem like g-rated fluff oh for sure i'm like yeah they're they're taking some chances here yeah, and, and this is what I thought was really good with Brightburn, is that it didn't pull any punches. It, it didn't go that happy route. Like, it did not go the happy no, route. it didn't. At all. Um, and I really thought it might. I, I kind of thought that it might. I thought they were going to say, all right, we're going to hit the normal formula. We're going to hit everything. Unfortunately... There's only one issue that I had with this movie. I watched the trailer. Yeah, and this is this is gonna be this, this springboards into what we, we more or less could be an entire podcast in and of itself of how we could literally just up, rename this the how trailers ruin everything the podcast. True, and that's the and like and so it frustrates me to to any end because like if anybody has seen the trailer yeah. for this movie. You more or less know the arc of the entire film, which, you know, like, I guess you would probably have to know that because, like, obviously the kids got to turn evil. Like, you have to show that. You right. Have to, like, go into to, what to you're doing. To draw people in, but, sure. sure. But, to, but to more or less show, I would want to say 90%, not 90%, but, like, 75% of, like, the sizzle from that trailer is from the final 10, 15 right. minutes of this movie. Well, that's not my main issue. My main issue is they pulled an Amazing Spider-Man 2. You showed me the final scene of the movie, the yes. final moment before it goes to credits, in the trailer. Yeah. In the trailer. And it's not something where it's like, oh, this is a small thing. It's something to make you think that this movie is going to be more grand scope than it really is. It's yeah. thrown in the trailer just to do that. Nothing more. It didn't need to be there. You could take those few seconds out of the trailer and that would have been a super effective ending where I would have been like, holy shit. Because as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, wait, I haven't seen that one scene yet. 
where is it? Where is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, please don't tell me it's going to be. Yep. It's the last moment of the movie. Last moment of the movie, man. Yeah. Now, if you don't know what it is, it's in the trailer. Uh, you see a plane crash, right? Yes. And you see his little bright burn symbol on it. Um, or, you know, Brandon Brayer or Briar, Brandon Briar on there. Um, the Briar brand, as you would say. The Briar, yep. Uh, and you see him, like, sitting. He's the only survivor from this plane crash that they say. Well, that's, like, the last moment of the film, man, because yeah. his his mom tries to, to kill him, and uh, he decides he's going to fly her through the barn, which here's the thing. When he flies her up through the barn, and she smashes up through that, oh my God. Like, holy shit, so, you see the damage on her, too. It's not like she was totally fine. Her, she was messed up. So it is crazy because, like, I honestly, the first time that I saw that, I was like, why is she all bladdered, battered and bloody? I was like... Oh, because she just smashed through the roof of a barn, and we've always seen movies where, like, the hero, like, kind of, like, covers it with his back or his head or something like that, so he takes the brunt of the damage. Or they, or they don't. Or they don't. Or it's they just don't. the magic of superhero sure. physics, where but, if you're being held by a superhero and go through something, you you must be in some magic protective bubble. Yeah, but, like, oh, yeah, she was just uh, thrown through uh. the roof of a barn, and, of course, she's just battered and, like, looking like absolute shit. Uh, which like to, just to kind of backtrack it here, uh, you you were talking about like right, the right. like the, the scale or the scope of this movie, and I like yeah. how small it is actually, uh, because yeah, you know, in, it in a really sort of... it really works keeping it small scale and not this giant massive scope that the trailer is trying to right. To we're not put smashing down buildings. We're not going to this big well, brawl, well, all out well, brawl. We, well, well. Technically, well, we are. We're not man of stealing it. I'll say this. We're not man of stealing this thing. Uh, okay. But what, what I'll say for the most part is that, like, we're keeping oh, this yeah, to the intimate setting of this rural town. and Right, right. Uh, it's an origin story. So, yes, yeah. exactly. But, like, and we're, and we're not really showing the overall consequences that this kid may have on the world yet. He's very much still, like, coming into his own for his own threat's sake, if, if that makes any sense. Sure. Uh, yes. So I, I find that good. I find that fascinating. I like that a lot because it's a lot more uh, scaled back, and it's something that you can, the the audience can take in because this movie's very good in its build up towards that final you know twenty minutes because it's yeah. you very much get to understand like the sort of you know emotional wrestling that this kid's going on, and as well as it's a very interesting take on you know the fact that like troubled kids or you know kids that are just kind of bad often slip through some systems of accountability uh and are allowed to still be bad if that makes this if that makes sense and i found that to be very fascinating because there are a lot of times when like teachers and other kids and people in his life would just be like oh well like it can only get so bad and that's not the case so this kid gets bullied all the time, you know, he's like reclusive, right. but he, his, his parents love him, obviously, they, they couldn't conceive, you see that in the beginning, not obviously, but if you know mm-hmm. the plot once you start watching it, or if you've seen it, um, they couldn't conceive, so magically, uh, this thing crashes to earth, and Elizabeth Banks is like, wow, hey, a baby, it's <laughs> ours now. Yeah, and her husband's like, "Oh God, oh this is yeah, okay, cool. I guess we got a baby now." Um, hence, and that's how this movie just kind of starts from there, and it right, jumps yeah. what uh, a couple, you know, like ten years or however long down the road. 
Um, and it's just, it seems kind of normal. They have this normal life and then like things just start. He starts finding out that he has these powers, like this right. red glow is coming from the spaceship. It's like activating his powers or whatever. Sure. As he's going through this. Um, and, and then it just starts getting, you know, at first I didn't know how violent this movie was going to be going into it. And then before I saw it, there were some people being like, dude, there are some moments in this that are like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm thinking and to myself, the, so, I'm th- yeah. So yeah, I, like, I was... I was a tad like when I saw like at least the guns were attached to this. I was thinking that this might have a bit of a uh, slither type of attitude about it, where it's uh, it's horror for sure, but it's also like a little campy, fun, lighthearted, almost in some ways. Uh, not this at all. Not yeah. But here's the thing: did you did you see Super? Uh, I did. I did. And right that's, now, that's, remember it. It's one that has that zany, like, it, it wants to be zany in the way mm-hmm. he's like, shut up, crime. Right. But the violence is very real. Right. And that and it makes this very odd twist into, like, oh, this guy is, like, mentally ill. And this is uh-huh. very, very serious and disturbing. Uh, which, which kind of turns that t- concept on its head. This is, like, full, like drama bad news for yeah. everybody involved uh I, I really really like that it kept that tone because uh not that not that you know slither was you know totally imbalanced or wrong but i was well, it's a I different it's a that, different movie yes that was paying homage to something else right yes well, now we're talking about creating its own universe essentially with brightburn mm-hmm. and there are some moments that i'll talk about a little later that tie this into super and now i can understand it being in that shared universe even in someone's mind where it's a little zany but then there's that real world and then this is still in that real world right yeah um when we start getting to the violence and we see some of this in the trailer and we see the glass to the eye scene and in the trailer we're like all right that could be worse Mm -hmm. oh yeah Oh, yeah. Way, way, way worse. I, I mean, you pull a piece of glass out, I did not know that you would just squirt out like a fountain. Oh, my God. It was eye. so bad. It was so, it was so, like so bad. I've got, I've got an so eye gross. thing. Whenever we see like stuff with uh, messed up eyes, I'm like, ah, every time. Every single oh, time. Oh, man. This yeah, one no, was this probably one. probably the worst one. Holy shit, this oh, is you, bad. Ooh, no, there's, there's one that's way worse. Yeah. Um, But... This this was this was up there, man. This was a good one. Like this definitely put in some of that real visceral um, gore in that scene, uh, especially just with with that really in particular, and then showing the damage afterwards. Um, and yeah, I liked is... that point of view, the POV shot where you're kind of seeing that she kind of can see a bit, but it's all like gashed through and I, messed up. And uh, like... so I I literally. So I, I'll tell you a story. I, I crashed my bike uh, a couple of years back uh, in Chicago, and yeah. uh, like I ran into a fence. I hit a curb wrong, and I just plowed into a fence. I, I stand up, and there is like blood like coming out from what I be- what I perceive to be my eye, and it's like, ah. cut, and it's like it's like a bad it's a bad cut. It's a really bad cut. Yeah. So like I find out that it was just a bu- just beneath my eyebrow. And wow. the so, but like the, it was so prominent that like I couldn't quite see out of my eye, and I yeah. thought that I had lost my eye, 
but oh my gosh but like the the view that she saw where it's just like it's like blurry and like a little red yeah and like that's exactly what i saw that is exactly what that looked like and it really like brought me back to like oh my god that's like somebody has to have had that happen to them in some way to know what that looks like because it was very disturbing for me i i wasn't expecting it and it added a lot to that scene yes like it did mainly due to the fact that the trailer gives away so much in that scene anyway Mm -hmm. that to see that there's something more to it to really up the factor, um, you know, the tension factor and the, the gore factor. Right. Um, I found like that, that made it pretty effective. And then as we're going through it, Oh man, the truck scene, man. It's so this is lots of that. That could have been, that could have been the most generic death ever. That that it could have the makings in the trailer of being, Really, this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But when it actually happened, whole oh. man, and it's like, and that's the thing. Like we we talk about creativity when it comes to like kills, the creativity of the kill. Yeah. Uh, and this movie's got the goods. I don't know why. Uh, this was such a like the hive was so humdrum and like meh when it came to some things that we saw on screen. But like, man, these things are really swinging for the fence of of like. Okay, if we had some superpowers here, how fucked right. up could it get? And it's pretty bad. I mean, it gets it gets pretty messed up as far as this kid's still figuring it out, so he's not yeah. he starts kind of going a little all out later once he realizes what he can do. Um but in the beginning, so he he picks up this guy's truck and you know, it, it's it's He's just aiming it towards the ground, and he drops it. And you're expecting, all right, he's going to hit. The guy's going to get hit in there and just be dead. That's it. Well, he hits. There's no airbag. And his face hits the steering wheel, and it, like, tears through his jaw. Yeah, it's bad. And I'm like, that's a terrible – well, at first, I'm like, that's a terrible way to die. But he ain't dead. Except he's – yeah, he's not dead. He's not dead. Um, And the kid's talking to him, and he, he just puts – he's holding his jaw on he's like trying so hard to hold that thing in place yeah until finally he just can't he just bleeds out and dies and it just falls away and it is oh man it's a good scene man it's it's just nasty it is just violent and gross unexpected yeah it's and that's the thing like it's not even there to shock you i think it's just more to have I I treat it more as emotional weight as to what this kid's going through rather than shock factor or anything like that. For some reason, I felt like I was afraid of this movie. If it was going, if it wasn't going to go all the way, it was going to be over the top and it was going to be just for, again, for the sake of shock value. But this is like, it's visceral and it's mean spirited and it reflects a lot of what the kid's going through. And I really like that. Uh, it, yeah. it's a very good emotional weight that this movie carries with its scenes of violence. If that can, yeah, you know, it really can, is. It does. Get, it is mean spirited as hell. Like there are, oh man, yeah, there are there are moments between that, um, and then we run into where his dad takes him out into the woods, um, to go hunting, and he knows that something's up. I mean, he knows that that the kid is is messed up obviously he's figured this out and he's figured that he's probably had something to do with noah's death um and he finds this bloody shirt and he takes the kid out there and he like shoots him in the back of the head 
It does nothing. Yeah. I mean, this kid threw a lawnmower, put his hand into it, and the blade just bent to shit. Like, this kid can pretty much do anything, right? Yeah, he's invincible. The only thing that hurt him was when he was when he uh, went out to the ship and fell, and his own ship cut him, and it's like, oh, okay. okay very so it's a special Superman, kryptonite very, metal or whatever. Yeah, you know. Uh, like, we get it. Yeah, it's like, from your own planet, so this will be, okay, cool. So we know like, he has a weakness. Yeah, it exists. Establishes the rules. Um, But this guy just goes out there and just shoots with a regular bullet, and the kid... The kid pulls the Shazam from Injustice, man. Yeah. He heat visions through his eyes. Oof. Boy, and through the back of his head, and you just see brain matter just right. plunk, and it's like out he, through the I back of like, his skull. And it's, I, think, oh. I think it's more shocking because we're so used to seeing all these superhero movies, and we can all detect the part where it cuts away. And we can all it, see. It always cuts away. It always it cuts always away. It always cuts away. It did not cut this away. movie never cuts away. And it does not cut man, away. like that's a lot. Like all the shit from all those super violent things that you don't just you see just off camera from Marvel or whatever. This uh-huh. shows all of it. It's great. Uh, oh man, like that 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 was a it was a very brutal scene because it's like, dude, this and it's emotional. Like the dad was wrestling for... with the idea of like, I've just I got to put this kid down. He's like, it's it's too much. <sighs> yeah, I mean, he he explains, you know, he's like, look, we've we've tried, and he's like, look, we've tried to ignore all this stuff for so long. But we know that there's something going on. Um, he's even like, we don't even know where he came from. You know, he's here. We don't know. He's the only one who's actually thinking logically. Tori is just blinded by a mother's love. Right. Um, she and by the way, shout out, says, shout out to Elizabeth Banks putting in like an awesome performance. She's, so she's good. great. She's super good yeah. here. Um, surprisingly, like taking a turn from the like comedic side that I thought that her character might have been because again, I think the guns, I think Slither, I see Elizabeth Banks. Oh, okay, this could easily be. No, it's completely different. She is yeah. a loving, yeah. caring, understanding mother that n- wants nothing but the best for her kid. And tries right, her right. damnedest to just reach out and break through to this kid, and it doesn't work. That's well like, to a point because she point. finally. Here's the thing: she went the second she goes against that whole "we'll do anything for him" moment. Yes, and decides she's going to betray him. Mm-hmm. She's done for, man. There's no way. Like, right. but that's the that's thing. the like, thing. He he would have when it, that it, mother's love yeah. doesn't work. When all of her options are exhausted, right. like it, it, that's the fact that like she can't break through to him because he's not the hero. He's not the one no. to understand, and it's well, kind of. I mean, it's yeah. The it, whole thing just starts getting crazy because when she realizes she he's just going to keep murdering everyone. I mean, exactly. the cops show up. And, uh, man, the trailer really does g- show everything. That is yeah. so disappointing. Um, because the, the uh, sheriff gets hit, but when you see him afterwards, he's, like, splattered everywhere, man. He got hit in half. Like, that's the thing that I like about this movie mm-hmm. is that it plays with, all right, cool, he's a superhero, but people are still people. Yeah. They, so they if take you, damage. If you're, com- if you're coming – if you're flying at somebody at, like, mock speed – and like just uh-huh. going to catch them you're going to rip them in half <laughs> like and they show that and then the deputy like she just i mean he throws her around the ceiling like a like a around that room like a rag doll and then when you see what's left of her she's just like a, a glass filled sinewy mess yeah 
It's um, it's so visceral and so well done because you really actually get to see the consequences of those physics, which I really yeah. like because it is perfectly illustrated with that uh, with that guy that's like g- going up to the door, reaching out, and then like he just flies right through him. Uh, exactly. Well, then you have like, how's a kid gonna get away with all this shit? What's he gonna do? Crashes a plane into his farm, obviously. Right. <laughs> Uh, but which is also like I couldn't help but think that I'm like okay if that plane just wasn't there like he'd just be standing there for a little bit. Uh, he which, would he would have figured. I mean that was coincidence where it was like oh okay well hey this is this is a win. Yeah. Um, but for him he could have it, it didn't matter he could have done anything he could have set the whole thing on fire with his heat vision and that could have that could have been it. Mm-hmm, um, for sure. I mean which essentially once we hit once we hit the end credits and. We get Michael Rooker basically saying, like, as this conspiracy conspiracy theorist saying that there's all these other people out there, which is essentially an evil version of the Justice League. Yeah, um, like evil. I think there were like evil versions of like Aquaman and somebody Wonder else. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Uh, Aquaman. Wonder Woman. There was there was Super. There was Rain Wilson's uh, character from Super. Oh right, right, right. Uh, the I think it was the Crimson Bolt or something like that. I th- was that it? I don't know if that's actually. Yeah, but what like it was. he he was rattling off on a couple of things. I was like, oh wow, this is like doing everything. Uh, but which I like. Well, and then that's yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, then I, you see the kid destroying like everything. Kid doesn't care. Mm-hmm. They're like mysterious figure appears, a b- just destroying buildings, weird crop circles with his bright burn logo or his you know yeah, because that's what he is essentially. I guess that's his villain name is going to be Brightburn, even though it's where he's from. It's weird. It's weird, man. It's cool though. Like, no, I, I I liked it as a as a really good as a you know it's a good villain origin story that I'm surprised was able to be made. Uh, yes, I I think uh it, it, as again it's as far as being this odd brand adjacent but very much brand like different uh, uh-huh. from these DC properties. It seems like it's very much like. I, I like. I don't want to count it as like, you know, commentary on the state of a DC EU or uh, superhero mm-hmm. films in general. But it's very much a uh, other side of this coin or an a a counterpoint to this Marvel landscape that we're living in now. Of these, you know, bright and shiny, squeaky clean uh, superhero pictures. And this is the opposite, and it's like it's not leaning in. It's just trying to tell a more, uh, like dour, bleak, uh, melancholy story. Uh, it's not. It's not doing something like Deadpool, where it's making fun of it. It's literally trying to be something different. Uh, yeah. And I, I kind of respect it. I think it's refreshing. I think it's a. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a decent movie, like, from beat to beat. Like, you can kind of call a few things, like, going out there, but, like, it runs, sure. the, like, but nothing but nothing worse than, you know, uh, like, the lowest tier Marvel movie you've ever seen, or, you know, it beats out a lot of the DC things that you could have seen. You could obviously do much worse than Brightburn if you're of the superhero uh, persuasion. Dude, you could do way worse than Brightburn. Brightburn, yeah. to me, is in the upper echelon for multiple reasons. It was a low budget film. It was about, I think the the budget was somewhere around six million dollars. Okay. Okay. Like, I'd say a budget effectively used. Yeah, like that's that is an insanely low budget 
or they're saying so six seven million. Let's say like seven million, right? Sure. It doesn't matter. Seven million is super Sub low. 10 like million. that is an, right. That is a ridiculously low budget for what we got in this movie. Yes. Okay. It made in the U.S. so far sixteen million. Okay. Worldwide total, it has made about twenty-seven million. Not bad at all. Now, now when it came out, everyone's like, "Oh, this movie bombed. It's not a success." Really, because if it costs seven million to make and it made about twenty-seven million, I think it's doing all right. It's doing. It's, it's, it's all made about, about scale. four times what it costs scale. to make. Like, yeah. yeah, and that that's profitable. That's profitable as hell because a lot of these other movies that cost two hundred million to make and they make two hundred and fifty million. Not as profitable mm-hmm. as this movie. Exactly. And so clearly setting up maybe for a little bit of sequels. Maybe they give they add a couple million up on top of there just to make sure it's nice and you know shinier for the next one. Uh, I could easily I mean, yeah. see this being continued. I could easily see this being iterated on. Uh, we could see more of this. Uh, maybe not franchise, but like maybe something that you revisit once in a while. Like, like the distance between, say, Super and this movie. Maybe like every five years. There's like another thing yeah. in the Brightburn universe, like because I'll tell you what, it's certainly a bit more in- intriguing than you know uh, whatever the fuck uh, the <laughs> the Cloverfield universe is doing. You know, it's it, it's something that uh, I think sets itself up for a uh, sporadic type of cinematic universe that uh, I don't care to have overstay its welcome. I mean, this could get really... The the whole thing could just go crazy, though, and that's where I think this could work really well. Mm -hmm. I think that... I would almost rather there be too many right away than spread it out for too long that it fizzles before it can turn into anything. That's a fair point. Like, if if you're already going in our territory, I'm not worried about a bunch of PG-13 garbage coming out, you know, like where they pull punches left and right. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's it's just the same movie over and over. I'm looking at this uh, stuff for possible sequels that they were talking about, and they even said that there was, they're saying that there was an alternate ending where Caitlin, the girl who gets her hand broken, is in a lab fastening a robot arm onto her broken hand. Cool. Uh... And there was a bunch of other endings that they talked about. So, like, um, the, you know, when you're talking about that and they say that, like, one of the characters that they're talking about is this witch who chokes. Yeah, w- witch who chokes with a rope, which is essentially your your Wonder Woman. Um, you have this half man, half sea creature, which is your Aquaman. Exactly. Um, which I w- yeah, would love to actually see a sort of mermaid man situation as a sort of, like, dark riff. On, I, on, I think on that. that's I what they would go that. with. They would go with this, like, weird creature thing. And honestly, like, that's... If they're going to play it in the real world, if that's the thing, if these were... If an alien really came to Earth, he'd probably end up being evil and want to take over the world, right? What would really be his mission? Would it be peace and would it be Superman? No. So that's where they were like, all right, let's go with this. Uh, Super is what if someone who was a regular dude wanted to become a crime fighter and thinks it's going to be fun and then the reality kicks in. It is not. It is awful. It is, you know, like there are consequences. People die and he has a mental break. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And then seeing where it can go from there and seeing what this new, more grounded superhero world could be yes there are some crazy elements to it but it's it's grounded um in a world that has real consequences it is and uh i think that's kind of uh the i think the best part of this is that it is grounded it is 
something that uh, you can kind of it's a good separation because again like it, it's tough not to compare this to the sort of like tendencies and habits that you get when you start to see a superhero movie just out of the gate because of the way that Marvel has kind of conditioned us to view these movies uh, but this feels yeah. a bit more tangible more real uh, slower paced granted but uh, it, it builds up this drama in the story that uh, is pretty compelling. And I, for a movie that we really didn't feel anything for last episode with The Hive, I think this director can really turn it around so long as he's got a good direction with a story and a vision and an idea and uh, yeah. good producers uh, at the helm, or, or maybe not the helm, but like, you know, at the wheel as well. Uh, I, yeah. I this is a solid recommend. Absolutely, if you could see it in the theater, do it. If not, it's a absolute worth your time rent. Uh, when it comes back uh, to your digital platform of choice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a solid recommend for me. I would suggest see it in theaters while it's still there. It was I I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer, what you know what you guys should not have listened to this if you haven't seen it yet because yeah. we spoiled everything for you. I mean, sure, um, but like but yeah. again, the trailer spoiled quite a bit as well. Oh no, this trailer spoils the hell out of it, but still, it's it's a fun movie. Absolutely, it very much is. Avoid the trailer if you can. Don't if you want to see that. Don't look it up if yeah. you haven't already. So, yeah, that is going to do it for this week. What have we got going on next week, Rob? Dude. <laughs> Dude. Dude, so there's this there's this movie that I found on Amazon Prime, and I'd heard about it for a while, and I watched the trailer for it. It's out of the UK. It is called Possum. Oh um, boy, I I've I've seen this as well. I've seen this trailer. I I, I was really really freaked out uh, just uh-huh. by only a few shots of this because I was like, oh man, this is that weird. Uh, like dream logic type of shot that like just really gets me like disturbed. I'm very excited about this movie. It's going to be absolutely just, it's going to be crazy. It seems, it seems bonkers. Uh, so I, I'm very much looking forward to that, you know, hellscape dream verse. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Well, it's, it's also directed, it's written and directed by um, Matthew Holness, who was the actor and writer in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, so, right. Okay. I'm in. I'm uh-huh. a thousand percent in for this. I love Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. That's yeah, so now cool. now imagine that when we're going into a movie like this, which which is cra- I mean, it stars Sean Harris. Sean Harris is awesome. Um mm-hmm. he's very you can just he has that look to him. That, like, oh yeah, that, no. That, it, that, it's a it's an absolute uh delight to know that he's he made this movie and I'm all the more excited to dive into it and see how he does. So, uh yeah. until next time, where can we be found on the internet, Rob? Why don't you hit us with those apps? Oh, you can uh, get us at ohthehorrorcast.com. At ohthehorrorcast is like our social media handle stuff. Um, yeah, and any place you download your podcast, so anywhere. Uh, we are Oh the Horror. There are two Oh the Horrors. <laughs> we are Oh the Horror, where there's a dude hitting something with an axe. And another guy crawling out of a bunch of demon bodies. Yes. That's us. We're not the other one. Our vitriolic logo uh, strikes again. It's I, I love our logo. Oh, dude, it's no. Really I amazing. had I had a couple of my friends confuse it. And they're like, that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> I'm like, did you actually look and, and see who the hosts were? And they're like, oh, yeah, those aren't your names. <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah that's not. right. It's easy, I was easy. like, you got the wrong show. Yeah. <laughs> a lot... 
A lot of imitators, not a lot of participators, if you know what I mean. That's so. true. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, until next time, I've been Steve Allman. And I'm Rob Holmes. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you again. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Now, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here.